Hello and welcome to the LCS Health Services Division podcast. I'm your host for today, Tony Galvan, Director of Health and Wellness for Life Care Services. Uh, and with me today is Dr. Stephen Handler, who's the Chief Medical Innovation Officer for Karavi Health. How are you doing today, Dr. Handler? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Great. Appreciate you being with us today. And Karavi Health is a provider of telemedicine solutions and an LCS preferred vendor in this space. Um, So we've been working with Karavi for some time now, and we're actually really excited about kind of what the rest of this year holds um, as far as providing ongoing educational opportunities um, to our communities, um, to the staff members at at, at these communities, so that they can become as well educated as possible um, on what some of these solutions are even about and how they can be of benefit, um, certainly to the residents that they're serving, uh, certainly to um, the skilled nursing facilities themselves from a a performance standpoint, uh, and even upstream uh, to some of the healthcare partners that they're looking to work with. So um, I think what we hear out there in the field, um, Dr. Handler, is that, you know, while this has been an area uh, within senior living uh, and certainly within healthcare, that has been around for a while, years if not decades. Uh, it seems like um, recently um, there's just been this sort of um, rededication to technology within senior living, and I think telehealth and telemedicine uh, really does stand out um, as an area of focus uh, for some of our senior living providers and certainly those with a healthcare um, skilled nursing component. So I think because it's just so high on the radar these days, the more that we can do to provide education um, as to what this means, as to how to start making sense of it all, it's really going to help folks uh, as far as um, how this might look and feel within their operations. So where I wanted to start, um, Dr. Handler, is even just um, when people think about just some of these terms uh, and some of the, the verbiage and the language behind telehealth, telemedicine, telemonitoring, you know, there's a lot of synonyms that are out there that, again, maybe lend to just sort of the confusion and the noise with folks trying to make sense of, of, of what this all even means. Um, I, thought, I thought it would make sense, if it's okay with you, um, just to sort of start there and, and from your perspective. Um, as someone who's been um, in this world for you know for, for a while now to maybe um, help our audience start making sense of you know when they consider some of these terms what are some of the things that they should be thinking about and looking for sure so now I agree there is a fair amount of confusion between the two terms telehealth and uh, telemedicine um, if you think about it telehealth is kind of a broad definition and has a variety of different technologies some of those could be remote monitoring uh, they can be synchronous or live video visits, asynchronous, meaning recording and then viewing later, um, could be home uh, health or remote disease management. However, when you think about telemedicine, the nuance really is there in terms of the provision of medical care. So it's using technology at a distance to provide medical care in particular. Uh, and that's really what our company does. We have a variety of highly skilled physicians Uh, that use technology, uh, largely telemedicine services. So we're a tech-enabled service provider or company, and we use technology uh, in particular to connect nursing staff who notice a change in a resident's condition or status uh, to communicate and connect with these providers, physicians, and both uh, nurse practitioners as well. Great. And, you know, from your perspective, Dr. Handler, just being an expert in the industry for, you know, for, for years, 
What's your sort of perspective on, you know, when you think about the last handful of years, certainly the last couple of years, and really the just the foreseeable future, what's your sense of why this has become so critical and so important for senior living providers, and in particular those with a healthcare setting, a skilled nursing setting, to really start thinking about the implementation uh, of telehealth, telemedicine solutions? Yeah, so you're absolutely correct. Telemedicine has been around for quite some time. We became interested in it in about 2012 uh, when CMS uh, announced an innovation award opportunity and we were successful in receiving that award. That's called Raven and still ongoing and it's funded consecutively through 2020. The goal really is to manage nursing home residents in place consistent with their care plan goals. And we eventually were able to work with UPMC Enterprises to create our company called Karabi Health. Um, and that was created in 2016 for the purpose of really providing this care to those that are outside the grant, those that we can't reach every day through our grant opportunity. And, and that's, and I can speak more about our story as well, but I think when you look at it from an industry-wide perspective, uh, the evolution is not as much perhaps in technology, not as much perhaps um, in the provider networks, but more in the need for such service uh, coming from internal and, and external factors. I, I think that from an external perspective, we are seeing value-based purchasing in particular, uh, which rewards those that can manage more residents in place and unfortunately penalizes those who don't. Uh, to patient-driven payment models that focus more on providing the right care based on a resident's diagnosis and the severity of those diagnoses uh, to manage and place and, and pay more appropriately. We're also seeing uh, in the industry that we're having more and more pressure not only from CMS, but a little bit upstream from the hospital uh, sector, those that feed directly into the nursing home. Uh, they're, they're driving quite a bit, not only for the admission to your, let's say, facility, but also to ensure that once they are admitted, to keep the resident in place when appropriate. So I think we're seeing sort of those external factors, you know, that I just mentioned, but I also feel like there's internal factors as well. I feel as though that we finally, in the nursing home industry, us uh, providers, I'm a practicing geriatrician, been doing so since uh, 2000 after completing my fellowship. And we're realizing that more and more that not just geriatricians, but many of the providers in this setting realize the importance of managing and treating in place um, from our own respective perspectives and not just looking at it as a quality metric, but it's the right thing to do. Well, and I feel like that's where if you could combine those components of it's the right thing to do, and it makes good business sense that by and large is, is are, are very strong motivators, uh, again, for senior living organizations and, and specifically at the community level um, for people to strongly consider, you know, a specific solution and, and ultimately go through what it means to kind of um, to kind of implement that, um, you know, in terms of what you were saying with the. Um, with the healthcare regulatory environment, you know, I do feel like that's um, again over the last decade or so, and and most recently the last eight, five, couple of years in particular, um, where that that urgency, um, that 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 really creates the why um, for how a lot of skilled nursing facilities operate, um, and, and again, I think that sometimes can be 
a little overwhelming in and of itself because that again becomes sort of the the default reason you know why some why a community why an administrator why a director of nursing needs to now either consider doing things differently or adopting a new solution and i feel like sometimes um, again a certain uh, process or or a certain product or innovation whatever it might be sometimes there's a bit of dilution there because of the fact that the regulatory environment is impacting just so many different things. So so since you started going down that path, um, I would like for you to expand a little bit. Um, so specifically um, with you know telemedicine, and if you want to weave in how Karavi Solutions in particular um, help impacting value-based purchasing and, and will help to impact um, that patient-driven payment model, if you could dive a little bit deeper into that, I think that will be incredibly valuable um, because um, a lot of folks are, you know, really dealing with the repercussions of value-based purchasing, um, again, especially at the skilled nursing level um, with um, how, you know, payments or, or, or bonuses or penalties, you know, finally started coming to light late last year. And then everybody, as you know, is looking towards October for this year, right, uh, as far as the, the kickoff of PDPM. So I think the timing is really good. Um, um, we're recording this in, in mid-June here to dive a little bit deeper into how specifically um, telemedicine solutions can help with both of those specific areas. Sure. So with respect to value-based purchasing, the uh, alignment really focuses on managing nursing home residents in place uh, when they have, let's say, a potentially avoidable hospitalization um, diagnosis. And what a potentially avoidable hospitalization diagnoses are, are a list of about 20 uh, categories of diagnoses that were uh, described by CMS that are continuing to be used that effectively say, hey, if you have one of these problems, uh, there is absolutely no reason why that couldn't have been managed in an outpatient or post-acute setting. And by you sending somebody in for one of these conditions, those are looked upon as, as being a poor metric of the quality of care that a nursing home is providing. So common conditions are heart failure, pneumonia, urinary tract infections, skin ulcers, wounds, et cetera. And there's a few more. And in fact, according to CMS, about six of these conditions are associated with 80% of these potentially avoidable hospitalizations. So if you can leverage technology and or people, uh, and for us, it's both, we're trying to connect really a nurse, um, and I'll explain that a little bit more, uh, with that uh, physician or nurse practitioner who's off-site, we can address those potentially avoidable hospitalizations by managing them in place consistent with care plan goals uh, and not have to send them to the emergency department uh, or the hospital. What we find really important and I want to emphasize is we can't ever nor do we want to manage everything in place, right? There are a subset of patients or residents that do need to be sent in for a variety of reasons. And I keep on speaking about uh, the way in which we approach this, which is from the perspective of advanced care planning, advanced directives, and what residents really care about uh, in terms of treatment. But it's important that if we treat consistent with their goals, then we actually can have a, a significant reduction in cost savings as well. So it's really a lot of management in place when appropriate for those common conditions but it's also honoring and making this very resident focused or centered so that we can manage those residents in place when it's appropriate from their perspective and couple that together with CMS's perspective. 
So that's what value-based purchasing is. From the, the patient-driven uh, payment model, um, it, it's not entirely clear yet um, how telemedicine will very specifically impact this. We believe that we can help uh, better diagnose, document uh, the problems that are uh, being managed so that this can be another funnel for the facility to better understand the disease severity and the requirements of the residents they're providing care for. Um, so we are embarking like others to see how we very specifically can help with this. Uh, and you know, we look forward to the future in developing very specific protocols uh, to help uh, maintain um, the, the PDPM uh, and evaluation and the appropriateness of uh, the documentation to support uh, the per diems and, and the uh, benefits for the residents. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. And I think um, a lot of our listeners would agree with you that as it relates to the PDPM, a lot is still being figured out. I think folks are trying to kind of understand the basics and what is this going to mean for my operational clinical world immediately? Uh, and then as it relates to some of these more periphery-based solutions, how will I kind of include those? Um, what's your, what's your? I don't know if recommendation is the right word, what's your sense on how they translate this to um, uh, sort of make an impact upstream to some of these referral sources and providers that they're looking to work with? So I think in, in terms of the benefits uh, to the facility through, let's say, the payer uh, in particular, um, and to their bottom line, your facility bottom line is, once again, if you are able to manage in place, that's the most important metric for the value-based purchasing. We also are aware, and we can speak a little bit about our own success, um, in our company, we have uh, completed about 24,000 consults and we have a 94% treat in place rate. So that means that we treated a resident in place instead of sending them uh, to the emergency department or hospital. And that's impressive, I believe, in, in industry leading, uh, along with the direct revenue uh, retention or savings, depending upon how you look at it or from what perspective, of about $30 million to date. So, you know, we have really tried to focus our energy and effort on the diagnoses um, associated with value-based purchasing to really leverage that and help the facility um, retain residents, maintain their census, improve the quality in relationships with the upstream uh, hospitals uh, through preferred networks, et cetera. And, and is, that, is that how you would more or less summarize um, when you think about the use cases um, of Karabi solution and telemedicine in particular within senior living, because I think, you know, now, now that we've talked a little bit about kind of the why, right, and we'll go back to because it's the right thing to do. And it makes good business sense. Um, so now that people are sort of bought into that um, to a degree, when they start thinking about, okay, how how specifically, though, am I going to use this? How how do I see this impacting kind of my day-to-day -day operational world of, of running um, a skilled nursing facility? What would be your thoughts on that in terms of use cases? Sure. So where our company started was really very much focused on these potentially avoidable hospitalizations. But our mind has really grown and our company has grown in its perspective and, and the product offering to expand beyond that. So we have evolved to think that a lot of what we're doing right now is nurse clinical decision support. That is to be available very quickly to provide 
guidance to the nurse uh, wherever he or she is working in a variety of post-acute settings, not just nursing homes, um, and, <clears throat> pardon me, using a variety of different technologies. So to be a little more concrete about that, uh, earlier we talked about how important advanced care planning is. We're launching that service now about how to do standalone advanced care planning services. That would be coupled, of course, with what we talked about previously, which is managing residents in place. And then that allows us to continue the sentence, managing residents in place consistent with their care plan goals. So we could provide advanced care planning on admission, readmission, or major change of condition. In addition, as I mentioned, not only is that service something that we're offering now, and we're starting to roll that out, uh, but we also are focusing on different clinical care settings, not just the nursing home. Nursing home uh, represents uh, an, an opportunity and we're continuing to grow in that area. But we also want to focus on independent assisted living, et cetera. To do that, however, requires a different approach than we're using. Our current approach is using uh, a, a well-designed specific telemedicine cart uh, that is ready for institutions, hospitals, et cetera, ruggedized and has a variety of, of very useful features. And in fact, we worked with CMS uh, as they listened to and they incorporated the feature set into some documentation that relates to the use of telemedicine in all of those, as we've talked about earlier, CMS innovation awards. However, moving forward, we realized that a variety of technology, not just a card, is required. And one of the technologies that we're bringing into the field right now is what's called Karabi Go. And effectively, that's a way to miniaturize the card into a much more portable form factor. By having that portable form factor. It allows you to uh, provide clinical care in other clinical settings, such as independent and assisted living, by having something that you can you know, carry directly to the site of care. So those are just some of the things that we're thinking about. Um, and others include geriatric psychiatry, EKG services, um, derm and wound care, uh, et cetera. So we look at the opportunity moving forward is to broaden beyond just potentially avoidable hospitalizations in nursing homes only using carts, but to a more broader set of technologies and services that can be more beneficial to more post-acute care settings. Yeah. And when I hear you describe um, just some of those use cases and even how your leveraging the specific form factor um, of some of the solutions in particular, I can't help but to think about, you know, really the through the lens of the clinicians themselves and, you know, how they might think about that experience and what that means to their, you know, kind of day-to-day -day lives. So as, as you think about, um, you know, other, you know, communities or, or healthcare settings um, that you've been in, what, what's been your impression on that? What's your sense on how um, the adoption of the solution itself, the embracement or lack thereof, um, you know, of technology as a whole, and ultimately over time, how that clinical team ends up, um, you know, incorporating this as part of their daily operation. Again, all all towards that bigger goal of of creating benefit um, and creating value behind having it in place. What's been your sense of that? Um, just just over time, uh, in terms of the adaptation and what it means day in and day out to some of these folks leveraging the solution? Sure. So, you know, with regard to 
our solution in particular, uh, we have Karabi, both physicians and nurse practitioners. They've all been, you know, trained uh, and vetted for a variety of clinical and kind of soft skills. Um, the clinical skills uh, from the physician perspective all have had prior nursing home and hospital experience and the nurse practitioners, uh, the same, most are uh, geriatric nurse practitioners or family nurse practitioners that provide care in the nursing home setting. So we make sure that when we select uh, these providers that they understand how nursing homes work, we remind them that it's okay to live with some uncertainty um, and that they're, in addition to being and need to be excellent clinicians, they also need to be excellent service providers. That is, they need to understand that their value when they're working for us is connecting with the nurse and meeting his or her needs, whatever they may be, big or small. So we have an onboarding process um, also for them, but then flipping it to the how do other clinicians in the facility, how do they perceive uh, and or interact with our clinicians? And so uh, those uh, physicians and nurse practitioners, the primary care team, they're doing the heavy lifting during the week. We're basically providing cares after hours and weekends. We're making sure things don't get um, dropped through the cracks. And if something happens in their absence, we want to communicate well with them. So we have really tried to figure out the best mechanisms to uh, provide our notes or clinical documentation back to the primary care team so that they can pick off pick up rather um, where we left off and continue the care that we started. So our goal is really uh, to, to manage you know, overnight and weekends. Um, we provide to the clinical team or the primary care team uh, secure email that allows them to know exactly what we did, how we managed. And then of course we send a copy which could be fully integrated into electronic medical records or fax to facilities based on uh, their workflow and what we've seen overall is that the overwhelming majority of nursing home clinicians the primary care team really like having karabi because it it helps them perhaps get some more sleep not have to worry as much about resident care um, and having a team sort of a backstop behind them so it's really been well adopted and received uh, by the overwhelming majority of uh, the providers and primary care team in which uh, nursing homes where we provide the care. So it sounds like on a very tangible level, again, these folks that are actually interacting with telemedicine solutions day in and day out are absolutely seeing some some benefit um, as it relates to their world, um, which, which is certainly important. I think that that's a big area of consideration um, as people think about why I may or may not you know, implement something like this, right? So you have that bigger regulatory healthcare umbrella that we talked about earlier. Um, and as relevant as that is, I, I still think, you know, um, communities are thinking about their respective world. So it's important that, that those boxes be checked as well. You know, we talked a little bit about uh, kind of that resident lens as well. So I, I'd like to even just extend that value proposition and that benefit a bit further. And, and what are some of the things that you're seeing, again, and that you've seen over the years, um, that you're seeing now, 
and that you expect to see uh, as it relates to the specific patient slash resident themselves. And when you think about the experience uh, of, of telemedicine, uh, and certainly as it relates to your um, solutions, what are, what are some of the very tangible ways that you're seeing residents kind of experience benefit uh, from, um, from some of these um, products and solutions? Sure. So there's a lot of benefits to the residents. I think, once again, the most important thing is getting the appropriate care. So we call that goal-directed care or care that's consistent with care plan goals. Residents, people, we all want to just be treated with dignity and respect. We want our wishes uh, to be observed. And we really need physicians and nurse practitioners who understand that during stressful events or moments, especially medical ones, that they need additional assistance and outreach. And that's what we're really trying to do is, is to close those care gaps to ensure that we provide care that's consistent with their goals, communicate the treatment plan to the primary team so they can manage it uh, during the daytime, uh, and, and then allow people to feel comfortable with the solution. Um, we also realize, however, that in not every instance uh, do we have to provide care? And I think this is a unique opportunity and a feature of what we do. As a, a tech-enabled service, we also can just be a, a pure tech play or technology vendor, so to speak. And we can provide and install, implement, and manage the technology whereby um, people who are highly qualified and engaged providers uh, actually can provide the care themselves. So once again, our overall goal, kind of the mission that we have is to help enable residents or patients to be treated in place. However, it doesn't have to be us doing those treatment opportunities. And, you know, this opportunity that we look at both either us providing the direct care or allowing the primary team, which is something that we call that bring your own provider or BYOP uh, approach, that also helps us extend to additional community types, assisted, independent CCRCs, uh, along with the additional technology we spoke of earlier, which is the Karabi Go solution, which is that mobile solution. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense, too, because I think that, again, bottom line, as sort of in the in the tidal wave of technology that we're sort of seeing these days and it seems like there's you know um, a solution for every micro aspect of operations out there these days um, you know what can help communities and administrators and providers I guess prioritize what may make the most sense for them and oftentimes again it's, it's a combination of things but to the, to the degree that that resident experience and patient benefit can kind of rise to the top, I feel like that can be um, pretty pretty influential. Um, as we start to wrap up here uh, a bit, Dr. Handler, I kind of want to hear from you, um, just with your experience, if you, if you had to identify um, a few of the top misconceptions uh, as it relates to telemedicine in particular, um, what, what would be some of those? I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't leverage just sort of your expertise and, and kind of tenure in the area there. So what, what are you kind of hearing and seeing these days where it just maybe drives you a little bit crazy when you hear about, you know, there's no way that that's true. Here's the true kind of story or spin on this. What would be a, a couple or a few of the primary misconceptions that you're hearing and seeing out there? Sure. I, I think the biggest one, which is a barrier, is the perceived duration or length of time that it takes 
to utilize our services. So our services, uh, and I think really in general, kind of more broadly, um, can be pure telephonic, whereby you just stay on the telephone, you speak with the provider, you get the answer, and you get off the phone. Or they can go into true telemedicine, where they can, sorry, or they go into true telemedicine, where they convert uh, to using technology. And although that does take longer than staying on the telephone, uh, the value is is high because uh, you're going to get more attention, the resident's going to get more attention, and the outcomes are much better overall in terms of being able to manage and treat in place. So there needs to be an understanding that, the, yes, there is an upfront investment in time, but it saves longer-term time to manage that resident when they get sicker and or the rest of your team when they have to readmit them or do other things to continue to manage uh, the resident. So that's one of the biggest barriers is really just believing strongly or thinking strongly that it's going to take much more time and that time is not worth it. I, I feel as though there should be a trade-off. Yes, increased time, but also increased value and hence a better outcome for the resident. Any other just sort of, I, I like your terminology there with, with kind of obstacles or barriers that you're sort of seeing people uh, maybe feeling a certain way in terms of hesitance, but again, really not that. Do, do any other kind of misconceptions or examples of that come to mind? Well, the only other one is that many people feel as though nursing staff can't use technology well, and we clearly have demonstrated that that is absolutely not true. Nursing staff are highly engaged and motivated, and, and they can fairly easily learn technology, adopt it, and, and utilize it, uh, even though it does change uh, some of their workflows. I think that's fair in the sense that, you know, there's, um, we, we oftentimes forget that, that there is kind of a tech um, learning curve, if you will. Um, and, you know, to, to the extent that solutions like yours are simple enough that, you know, that they can be, again, used by by anyone, um, I, I think that's important because that, that can be a factor. You know, how, how am I going to learn this? How is this going to, you know, it's going to be difficult? Um, uh, how am I going to implement that? And again, just as, as an organization that has that has been implementing technology, there, there is always that, that point of consideration. So knowing the simplicity um, of some of these solutions, I think, is important. Right. And, and it necessitates a change in the workflow, as we talked about earlier, rather, um, that the nursing staff will have to do something different. But once again, we want to show there's value in doing that. And that value uh, occurs not only through the technology, which frankly should go to the backdrop and be seamless with the interaction, but it, it helps the nurse and that physician or nurse practitioner enhance their own relationships with each other um, and enhances, frankly, the value and um, importance of the, the nurses. I mean, the nurses become the most important part of what we're doing, addressing their concerns, being available for and to them, because they are a proxy and or represent the underlying issue that's uh, the resident who is our ultimate um, customer, so to speak. But they really represent the front face of that voice and the concerns that are brought forward to us. So, Dr. Handler, um, in addition to just really kind of how high level um, telemedicine solutions might function and what the use cases are, if you could dive a little bit deeper into Karavi specific um, solutions and, and how those work, I think that would be helpful to, to our listeners. Sure, I'd be happy to. So, um, in the most high level and simplistic approach, 
uh, a nurse notes a change in condition from a, a resident in, in terms of their status. So they were functioning in one capacity or another, then all of a sudden there's a change. Or uh, in a newer model that we're providing is called all calls. And that is, even if the resident doesn't have a concern specifically, but let's say there's an abnormal lab value or there's a prescription refill or really like its name implies, any reason, you know, an all calls approach, the nurse would call our dedicated 800 number and they would speak with the physician and they're connected to a physician or nurse practitioner 96% uh, of the time in under a minute. They speak with the uh, physician or nurse practitioner and uh, they manage either telephonically or they convert to telemedicine. And only in those instances by converting to telemedicine uh, would you have to get the cart, go to the bedside uh, and do some co-management together. Uh, that's basically how the workflow goes from the nurse to um, uh, provider side. Uh, and then following those consultations, we provide clinical documentation uh, in a, an electronic medical record system that then may directly integrate with either your EMR or we send over the note uh, via fax to the facility. And then in addition, we send the same note securely to the primary care team so that they're kept in the loop and they better understand uh, what we did, how we managed the resident and what the follow-up plans and goals would be. Uh, just another couple quick things, you know, we offer um, in many instances in many states, now 14, uh, over 100 facilities, uh, clinical services, but we don't always have to. Uh, we can have a dedicated and engaged uh, primary care team use our uh, technology. And then also because most nursing homes don't have the most available resources for IT support, we provide that as well 24 by 7, ensuring that uh, the CART, the software, the connectivity remains uh, throughout all of the consultations and addresses any concerns that, that people may have. Great. I, I appreciate that that overview. And I think um, as we think about upcoming um, educational opportunities uh, through some of the webinars that we want to do with you all, I think uh, having that visual to kind of accompany um, a lot of what you're describing verbally is going to be really helpful uh, for people to connect to that. So I, I appreciate that. So I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Stephen Handler uh, for joining me today, um, again, to kick off our um, Karavi um, Health um, educational series um, that we'll be doing uh, throughout um, the remainder of the year. Um, so thank you, uh, Dr. Handler, for your time. Sure. Happy to be here. And uh, encourage our listeners um, to stay tuned uh, for more of these opportunities. Um, so thank you all once again, and have a great day. Legal Disclaimer. Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.